I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I have a lovely little chat with Jake Bug. And uh, we recorded this um, about a week before Christmas. And uh, and yeah, you're in for a treat. It's a really, really nice chat. And uh, and, and and Jake's a, a, a top fellow, as you're about to about to find out. And um, before we uh, press play on that little chat, um, just a few thank yous. Uh, so thanks to Scribbis Pip uh, and all my friends at the Distraction Pieces Network. If you've not explored the rest of the network, then go and do so because there's oh six, seven, eight. I think six, seven, eight. Not maybe nine podcasts over there. And they're all great, and they're all put together by really lovely people, and uh, and obviously that that network's you know governed by um, the pod dad himself, Scroobius Pip, and uh, and what a year that man's had with his podcast, and uh, yeah. So if you've missed any of um, Pip's recent guests, then go and get stuck in because uh, you know as you'd imagine, he's uh, he's got the cream of the cream, and uh, and yeah. He's the inspiration. He really is. Um, okay. Uh, and also, thank you to 76 for producing this podcast. Um, thank you very much to Sarah for arranging this podcast. Uh, thank you very much to, uh, to her for doing that. Um, and I guess if this is your first time uh, listening, when you, uh, I'm going to ask you when you finish listening to this chat to go and have a look in the archives because you'll find there's over 200 episodes uh, with some of your favourite musicians producers djs comedians actors go go and have a rummage you know there's chats with the likes of uh public enemy um melanie c maxine peak um chic suede james lavelle fatboy slim go and have a, a rummage in the archives tommy lee from motley crew you know the the yeah a whole wealth of um of, of creative talent that uh all tell their little stories and it's 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 lovely and i'm privileged to be able to to sit there and ask them some questions. Um, and if uh, you'd like to support the podcast, you can do that and get access to a whole world of uh, other stuff as well. I have a Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash off the beaten track. And I put up four shows each week over there of like radio shows and video episodes and all sorts of stuff. So you can uh, get stuck in over there. And I think you can sign up for as little as 87p a week i think it's, it's about five dollars a month uh, and what that will also give you is access to a back catalogue of over 200 episodes of never been released episodes um so go and get stuck in over there and by doing that you're, you support the podcast and and this is a labor of love as i've said before but it's a wonderful labor of love so um 
so yeah any support um is is much appreciated right i think i'm done with the uh the, the intro you can find out about everything to do with um this podcast at off the beaten track podcast.com right let's get on with it please enjoy off the beaten track podcast with jake bug it's off the beaten track podcast on the distraction pieces network me, Stu Whipping. We are recording. Joining me today via the means of Zoom, Jake Bug. Good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. Uh, as well as I could be. <laughs> well, let, let's touch on that then before um, before we start talking records. Um, have you found 2020, Jake, as as both a you know a human being and as a as a creative? Um, as, as a creative, it's been fine for me. Um, you know, I'm able to work from home, and um, I've you know been working on lots of different stuff, um, music for a film for Ron Odino, and also songs for myself as well. Um, so on a creative front, yeah, it's been it's been brilliant. But on a more human level, um, yeah, it's been difficult at times. Certainly, um, you know, I'm so used to travelling around and uh, and going to different places. So being stuck in one place is uh, yeah, it's not not been the easiest but a lot of people have it harder so it's not too bad in regards to um you know you said that creatively you know it was fine you had plenty to be getting on with was that something that that was that was happening anyway or was that something that 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 in regards to finding yourself with a lot more time on your hands you kind of sort of pushed to to sort of max maximize the kind of time yeah i wanted to maximize it um because um it's just uh, we're just in a world of uncertainty at the moment, aren't we? So I just wanted to just do as much as I can to keep myself, uh, you know, my mind stimulated and keep me keep me sane more than anything, really. Cool. All right. Well, let's talk records. Um, Jake, for track one, I'm going to ask you the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro. Yeah, the greatest ever intro. Um, yeah, I'd go for Jimi Hendrix Voodoo Child just because um, <clears throat> just from when I was a kid, um, it was just. I just remember hearing it for the first time. I didn't know how he got the sound. I didn't understand about war and things like that. So yeah. it was all a mystery at that age, at about 13. And, uh, yeah, it just blew me away, that intro. And uh, I know it's a bit of a classic, but it's still... I, but he's got a, great, a lot of great intros, Jimi Hendrix, mm. as well. But that was just one of them I picked out. So. Yeah, so it's a, hu- it's a huge record. Have you ever seen the film, uh, the Daniel Day-Lewis film, In the Name of the Father? No, I haven't, It's, no. it's a film about um, the, 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 the Guildford Four uh, that got wrongly imprisoned for for the pub bombings in London in the uh, late 70s. And the film starts with that. And it's just as a riot is about to just kick off in Belfast and this petrol bomb hits and it just comes alive just as that guitar. Obviously, not the wire at the beginning, but when it all drops. Yeah, when it's all kicked in. So it's just an amazing way to start a film. Just the description of uh, the scene. (laughs) It's completely in my head already. (laughs) Well, I'm going to ask you, Jake, um, in regards to um, intros and, and and people's listening habits, uh, and, and I, I imagine potentially when you first started releasing records, the way that people would listen to music was possibly different to how they do now. Like, I guess we, we're just immersed in sort of streaming culture now, and and it feels it feels. And I don't want to sort of generalise that the, the, the attention spans are, are, are not quite as long as they, they, you know, they maybe they once was. But it feels now that lots of kind of music is 
stripping all the fat off the bone and it's like right straight in with the chorus and you know try and hook them you know and and I just wondered if the way that people's listening habits and 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 the way that lots of music you know is starting to kind of move that way maybe more on the kind of pop element I guess has any of that influenced the way that you approach songwriting and, and intros yeah absolutely um that that is kind of more of the modern thing to do now get straight to the point straight with the chorus and and um and I think, yeah, you know, there's possibly something to do with people's attention spans. But I also think when you've got such a vast majority of music to listen to and it's easy to get excited and skip from one track to the next, and, and that's great. But, um, but yeah, at the same time, I do like to think like that in a pop sense when I'm writing. But there has been... I remember being in a session once writing with somebody and, um, you know, they, they, they suggested, like, because of streaming services that we should have cut the intro off the song or so I was like I'm not being funny mate but I'm not <laughs> not stripping songs away just to yeah. like you know for a streaming platform so it's you know it's half and half it depends I guess it depends on the song really if you've got a great rock song I'd say put the solo in there put the rincher in there but yeah. if it's a two minute pop song then yeah you got to strip away the fat like you say and I don't know what the what the actual thing is now to get on radio but I'm sure there is some kind of timing in place that you have to get to the vocal before X amount of seconds. I don't know what it is. And I just instantly just thought, well, Voodoo Child, if it come out today, probably wouldn't get on the radio because how long it starts and how long it takes before, you know, you hear Jimi Hendrix start singing. I know, it's crazy. It's, it's funny because I guess in in, in dance music, um, they uh, they have longer intros and things like that. And there is something good about it. It's that, it's that built, when you've got such a great vocal on a track and you have such a long intro and it builds and builds and builds, you just getting more excited for that vocal. And yeah, uh, yeah I have to say, I, I really do miss a good intro. It's got to be said. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. All right, track two, Jake. The first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, please. Uh, first song I remember hearing had an emotional impact. I'd say it was, uh, I've, I've said it a lot, but it's probably a Don McLean Vincent. Um, just because when I first heard that track, uh, I actually had no intention of 
getting into music or, or playing music. I actually didn't, I wasn't a f- big fan of it. I love football. So I first heard that song on an episode of The Simpsons and I don't, I don't know what it was about the song. I guess it's just the beautiful melodies and the words and it just kind of, yeah, captivated me from a very young age. And uh, and that was it for me. That was the inspiration to, to go on and write songs and uh, and start getting into music. What what was the emotion, Jake? Um, I can't really describe. I can, when it, to be honest, whenever I, I hear a song as like as, as beautiful as that or anything, it, it it's kind of a mix of emotions. It's you know a, a slight happiness and excitement that somebody's written something that amazing you can hear for the rest of your life. But also the there is there's as a songwriter, there's also that sadness. Oh, I'll never write anything like this in my life as well. So it's like it's. Um, it's hard to say. It's quite a mix. And I think sometimes I get that kind of goosebump feeling a lot, which I get that when you listen to like all sorts of great records, don't you? So. Yeah. It's weird because not everyone gets goosebumps, do they? What's that? Sorry. Not everybody can get goosebumps. It's like there's only... Is like, that right? Is yeah, it? yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Some people don't experience goosebumps. And it's, I've read that there's, there's certain musicians, and I, and I believe Michael Jackson... Um, on one of maybe the la- the last album he done before he 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 died, um, spent ages with this producer working on the science behind certain things in music that bring on goosebumps, and uh, and they kind of there's another band called Let's Eat Grandma and they do it a lot, and uh, they're just like a kind of sort of you know indie band and they just set these kind of tones within the music that induce goosebumps, which is pretty pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, so me, I actually didn't know that. No, that's um, yeah, just give me a minute. I'm still... <laughs> <laughs> All right, but, uh, but no, I get, it, I get it listening to Leonard Cohen quite a lot. When oh, it, you know, every time, it, every time. You deliver a line and you're just like, whoa. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> um, yeah. Any time you you held on to me like like a crucifix, it's just like there yeah, you yeah go. exactly. There yeah. you go. Well done. Done it again. Really, really gets you, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Right, for track three, Jake, the song reminds me, uh, sorry, the song reminds you of your time at school, please. Reminds me of school. It was obviously um, not really my time, um, Oasis, but uh, but it was something I was going through <laughs> that stage as a um, 13, 14-year-old teenager at school. And, uh, yeah, I just remember listening to Oasis quite a lot of that time and I couldn't really pick a song out, so I just went for Acquiesce in the end because it was, again, it was like a big, great intro, and then when his vocal kicks in, it's like, oh, yeah. wow, it's, uh, it's the next level, isn't it? And it just kind of, I think it just kind of emphasised that um, not really not really giving a shit attitude when at school, to be honest. So, yeah. um, And I think that music uh, signifies that well, I think. And I, just for me... You know, I, I would have been like eighteen, nineteen when when this all happened. So it was a, I was a very excited, you know, a very good age to experience what was happening with British guitar music at that point. But the thing that is with Aquius is the confidence that Noel Gallagher had at that point to go. Do you know what? Fuck it, I'm going to throw that on a B side. Yeah, was, you know, you've got some might say, and most bands would give their right arm to write Aquius. And he threw it on a B-side, I, I, I think alongside Talk Tonight, which is another incredible record. Yeah. And just, yeah, the, the amount of tracks that Noel Gallagher around that time just used for B-sides, you just think, you know, he must have been on a prolific creative just boom. It, it's, it's bananas that you can, you know, just chuck them at B-sides. 
Absolutely. And I, yeah, it was definitely that period that he went through as a writer, didn't he? Where it was just, it was just constant. It was song after song. And um, yeah, those, those first two couple of records were pretty ridiculous in yeah. terms of how good they were, really. Absolutely. <clears throat> how, how was school, Jake? School for me, um, it was all right. Um, I was kind of, I kind of floated around between groups. I uh, didn't really have a specific uh, group I hung out with, and I was just kind of, um, I was just kind of really just into my music then, to be honest. And to a point where I listened to such old stuff that even my friends at school couldn't couldn't make fun of me for any because they didn't really understand it or know what yeah. it was. So um, yeah, I just kind of kept myself to myself but I was a bit of a bit of a clown as well so a bit lazy did you, did you know what you wanted to be at school yeah certainly yeah um football apparently <laughs> no <laughs> no I wanted to uh I, I wanted to play music for sure from the age of I think 13 14 um it's, I knew what it's what I wanted to do um and I wasn't going to do anything else. I think even if I was playing small shows to, you know, five, ten people or staying in terrible hotels, I think I'd still be doing it for sure. Was you a confident kid? No, not confident. Um, never really been such a confident person, really. And people sometimes ask, how can you be that and, you know, go on stage to so many people every night? And and uh, But the truth is, is when I'm on stage, it's the most at home I feel. It's a, it's a different thing. It's... Um, you're kind of at one with music in a way and and the audience you're not really it's not really a confidence thing it's more of an ambition and, uh, and a passion more than anything yeah and, and and with you know i know you touched on football there and 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 also you know you you've carved that very successful career in music um you know both both of them um life choices are very 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 difficult fields to to, to you know to have the level of success uh that, that you've achieved in music that's that's very difficult so although you say you know you're not that confident what about drive are you a driven person yeah certainly yeah that's um so my luckily my ambition exceeds my you know level of confidence so uh i'm able to um <clears throat> to, to to go ahead with things that i possibly preferably don't want to do yeah. but i have to do to to maintain a career and uh, uh in music was it encouraged at school music um, no, not really. Um, to be honest, I mean, it, I mean, it was encouraged, but not in the way that I I wanted to be encouraged personally. It was encouraged, for, you know, because when I was at school, you'd always have a few great, amazing singers, like better singers than I ever was. Um, and um, and but it was always kind of encouraged to more talent shows and things like that, as opposed yeah. to whereas I, because of the artists and music I loved, I saw that there was a different path, and that's the one I wanted to take. And, um, so it was encouraged, but not for like a singer-songwriter like myself so much. No. Okay. For track four, Jake, the first song that you bought from a record shop. Um, well, it was a it was an album, um, and it was a Buddy Holly album, the double disc one. I think it was the best of. Um, and the song that I remember best off it though was uh, was Love Is Strange. What a beautiful uh, record. There was just something about the the guitar line, how it starts like a little bend, and and how the strings just rise with the music. It was a it's a stunning piece of music, yeah. Um, so in regards to records, um, when you was growing up at home, was there was there always music on? Yeah, my mum, um, you're quite quite a eclectic taste, yeah. Um, she 
she kind of do my head in a little bit though because she you know it would be it'd be Beethoven and my blah, or Arctic Monkeys well, yeah this is great and then you know and then it's Gary Barlow out of nowhere or take that so which is which is great she loved all kind of stuff but I, I was more into my rock and metal music at that age so uh yeah, yeah uh, there was always music around some of it good some of it bad and and kind of growing up and and and, and to now as you know as, as an artist how important a you know a record shop's now for you i think they're very important um i think it's uh, it's nice to see that there is still a market for it and young, you know younger people are going out and buying them now and I was I was amazed when they opened a rough trade up in Nottingham like you never hear of a record store getting opened anymore yeah. so uh, and to, for it to be in my hometown I was I was very happy because I love my records there, there's something there's something different to listening to a, to a record a proper vinyl as opposed to uh, you know a digitally um, a digital streaming service or anything like that i believe are you are you the sort of the sort of person that when you when you're on to you know wherever you find yourself you're you know after sound check trying to find a record shop uh, sometimes yeah um in a, like in america it's a great place to go yeah. and look for there's uh, there's just loads popping around and in a great records that people don't even don't even i remember but i remember i used to live in uh, i used to live in notting hill and there was a guy that used to sell records on portobello like old reggae records yeah, and yeah. stuff and, and uh, i'd go ask him if he you know he'd, could you do have this he'd be like no but i'll have it for you next week and you go back next week and he'd have it it'd be, it was brilliant yeah. like and you also got that sense of discovery and things like that and, wow. yeah it's brilliant hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Okay, so let's move on a little bit for track five. Um, the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. You a clubber, Jake? Well, no, that's so. Uh, my my uh, my years of clubbing have uh, been defined probably like by last year working with Camel Fat. <laughs> that's about as close as it got for me, and uh, never you, actually been clubbing. Did uh, you not but, have like kind of sweaty nights in Rock City or indie nights or anything like that? 
Yeah, but well, I got I got I, I got signed when I was seventeen. Yeah, of course. On the yeah. road, so I didn't even. By the time I was eighteen, I didn't live in Nottingham anymore, so didn't really have you know clubbing years. I think I've I've been in a couple of nightclubs in in Japan and things like that, and it's you you do get roped into them sometimes, and it's uh and they are fun when you've had a few drinks, but yeah. yeah so I'd, I'd say yeah, in the last year working with Camel Fat and like playing Coachella with them and seeing seeing the people clubbing and performing in front of them and going to Ibiza and doing the same thing, it was I felt little out of my element, but also I was having a really fun time at the same time. Absolutely, absolutely. For track six, Jay. Oh, I didn't say the track, by the way. It was Camel Fat Breed. Oh, so. sorry, you didn't, did you? Sorry, yeah. I was, no, I didn't. I was talking about him. <laughs> um, for track six, uh, the favourite song from an artist from your home county? This was a really tough one because there's not many, many things to come out of Nottingham that I know about. Um, <clears throat> but there was one guy I heard about, Alvin Lee, from the from playing in the 60s and the 70s with, the Stones and a lot of other great blues musicians. And so I was going through his, a few of his records yesterday and uh, came across a track, Ride the Train, which is I thought was pretty cool. It's uh, got the old classic 70s uh, rock blues thing going on. And he's got a great voice as well. But, um, yeah, there's there's not a lot to come out of Nottingham, but he he's one of the few that I, that I, uh, that I know about. I saw a, a, a documentary about the Nottingham music scene, and it was on BBC about three years ago. I'm sure you might have featured on it as well. Um, do you know the one I'm talking about? And they were talking to lots of the promoters from some of the, like the small venues, uh, and, and they're kind of just talking about the, the Nottingham music scene. And, and it was far more expansive than I'd probably given it you know, credit, credit for. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Um, like I, I remember when I was very young, it was it was great. Um, I, from when I was about fourteen, fifteen, I'd, I'd play my own shows. Um, um, but also, I was in my cousin's band who were doing rather well at the time, and they played four hundred, five hundred capacity gigs and uh, in Nottingham, and it was just brilliant. And I remember when they play a, a lot of the bands were their mates, and they'd come over from Derby and Leicester and different parts of the the country and we'd, we'd put on our own gigs. You know, I remember once I'd put on my own show and venues would let me do that even as a 14, 15 year old. Yeah. And it was, um, I have to say, yeah, growing up in that, it was a great scene to grow up. And, um, I just hope um, it's still going strong now, to be honest. It's, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's tough times for venues, you know, it's, yeah, uh, it's really tough, yeah. I, I run a music venue myself and yeah, you know, it's been shut since March and, you know, it's uh, it's it's strange times, Jake. It really is. You just hope that, you know, there's there's some some give me some more funding available, and and these venues will somehow sort of pull through. And you know, whether socially distanced shows. Have you have you done a socially distanced show yet? I haven't. No, I haven't done any. Um, I think it'd be quite. I, I know there was the driving ones that we were talking about. I which... saw Frank Turner done a couple of those, and uh, and it just. I mean, I'll take what I can get. You know, I've, I'm desperate to see some live music, but it's still, it's weird, isn't it? It is weird, yes. It'd be weird performing and looking back at a load of headlights. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, if they don't like a tune, they can just start beeping their horns, can't they, if they're not digging it? So, yeah. Uh, they, don't have to, they don't have to be quiet and listen, like, sometimes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's really difficult. And for me personally, if I wouldn't have had, you know, a lot of those smaller venues growing up, I wouldn't have been able to have, I probably wouldn't have got signed as early as I did or been, been as confident on the, on the stage 
um, for the bigger shows, it really helped me to develop my craft and, and build my confidence a bit, yeah. Okay. Okay, so for the last track, Jake, you get to play DJ. Uh, and it's a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. The song that um, people may or may not know that I would like them to hear. Um, this is a song that me and my band and my crew, we all love for the last few years. And it's um, Terry Reed's Seed of Memory. It's a brilliant, brilliant track, brilliant written song. The production and the... There's just something about a 70s drum kit that you can't beat. That 70s sneer when it's so tight and, and snaps the way it does. But he's an amazing vocalist for a start. And um, I think he was actually asked originally to, to sing in Led Zeppelin, if I'm not mistaken. I think, uh, you're, I think you're right there. Yeah, and um, so he sounds a bit like he sounds a bit like Plant, doesn't he? Yeah. A bit. And I think he's from the same region, Birmingham, as well. But this song, whenever I play it to people they kind of just go a bit mental about it. It's kind of a hidden gem. I played it to the Camel Fat Boys, in fact, and they they went crazy for it. They loved it. And uh, I'd love to hear a remix of that soon. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I'd go for this one. How did you discover that? How did I discover it? I think it was, when I was doing my fourth record, I was working with um, my friend Matt Sweeney, and I think he put me onto it, uh, an American guy. And... Um, it was kind of yeah, a known record between him and his pals, but not. I didn't. I'd never really heard of the guy, even though it was from Birmingham myself. So it was an interesting discovery. Okay, well, we put together a Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast, Jake, with all of your choices and some of the other tracks that we've we've spoken about. Um, as we, uh, I mean, we're recording this at the, the, the tail end of December, and we're, we're looking towards hopefully a a more relaxed and freer twenty twenty one. Um, what are you looking forward to um, next year, Jake, personally, and, and what's happening creatively? Personally, my ideal would be to, um, it would be just to play a, a show. Just one live show would be nice if, if we can. Um, it would be nice. To, I think people are starting to book tours and shows so far, but we're still in a world of uncertainty, so we'll see what happens. Creatively, um, I'm pretty much there with the album. Um, I've, I think I've written like 20 or 30 songs for this record and we're just trying to pick the best ones at the moment and get the timing right for the release and things like that. So next year, album release and hopefully followed by some shows. How good are them shows going to be? Uh, the, the, the people have been starved of that experience for so long. Just, I think what the crowd's going to give the, the artist and what the artist is going to give back is going to be pretty special, I think. I really do believe that. Absolutely, yeah. I, I already can see myself playing playing like an hour longer than I should. So, uh, and uh, yeah, but I don't want to tire the people out on, on their first show back. So. <laughs> <laughs> Always got to keep them wanting more. But no, I'm. I just remember when we played before uh, before everything had to stop and everybody had to down tools. I think we were kind of people knew felt like something was coming in terms of. Um, they might not be able to see a show in a while, and I just remember those shows being absolutely bonkers and brilliant. So, never mind when they come back from uh, from missing it so long. Yeah. So, I can't wait to be honest. Wonderful, Jake. It's been a real pleasure getting to chat records with you this morning. Thanks so much for your time, mate. Have a lovely Christmas and uh, you too, mate. and all the best for twenty twenty one. Take it easy, yeah. Jake. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Nice one, pal. Bye bye. There you go, Jake Bug. What a smashing guy. 
Um, really nice chat. I hope you uh, had as much enjoyment listening to that episode uh, as I did chatting to Jake. Uh, thanks massively to Jake. Um, big thanks to Sarah for arranging that um, as mentioned at the beginning, if this is your first time listening, uh, go and have a look in the archives now because there's there's 200 plus episodes with some wonderful people. You go and have a look at the names on there because you'll be like, oh my God, I didn't know he's been on, he's been on. And yeah, you'll find definitely some of your favourite musicians, producers, DJs, comedians, actors um, over there. And go and pick a few. Better still, subscribe. Um, also, I'm on the socials, and if you see us anywhere, give us a like, love, share, retweet, anything like that. It all helps. And uh, and if you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so, as mentioned at the beginning, on the Patreon page. And you can find out about all of this at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm back next time. Have a lovely time. Speak to you soon. Much love. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.com uk. Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, They've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk do a bit of shopping see what you like throw it in the basket and then on the way out put in the discount code BEAT15 B-E-A-T-1-5 and that'll save you 15% off amazing right www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him. Eat it,